0: 105.9 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 105.9 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com.
1: You're listening to 105.9 The Region and welcome to On the Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show, I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Okay, i got to say, this headline kind of grabbed me, and I'm glad you sent it my way. We're talking luxury home sales this morning. What can you tell us?
2: Well, Tina, according to the REMAX Autumn Luxury Review, luxury homes in the Ontario Atlantic regions were up 36%. 36% higher than they were last year. And that's a pretty phenomenal increase for that luxury sector,
1: considering everything that's happened in 2020. That is a huge increase. And why do you think that's happened? I think the contributing factors to that, Tina,
2: are people need more size, more space. And, you know, with everyone working from home, with the kids being in school, people not seeing their... Senior parents for three months during the first lockdown. They're moving in together. They're looking for more space where they can work out of in their house, more areas for their kids to do their schoolwork in the house. And there's a lack of spending for the travel sector, even the retail sector. So people have more money to spend on their homes. Uh, They're also looking for larger yards. We've had more demand this year for places with large yards and pools than we've ever had possibly in the last 15 years or so. And that's a sign that, you know, people know that this is going to take a while and they want to be able to enjoy their space at their home.
1: Now, what about affordability? How does that come into play?
2: Affordability this year, I mean, if you think about the temporary job losses and everything and and people speculating that that would crash the, the market, what it's actually done is with the low interest rates, it's given people more bang for their buck. Money is cheaper now than it ever has been before. And you know, we talked about this last week where you're able to spend the same amount on a larger home. And if you can get a larger home and, and pay the same amount that you did two, three, four years ago for your little house, of course, you're gonna to wanna to do that. And now that ties in well because you need the space. The other thing is people are not spending on frivolous materials like, uh you know, going out and going to movies or going out to dinners all the time. They're very careful with where they're spending their money and there's not a lot of places that they can go. I mean, even if you think about it, how many people have given up their gym memberships this year and they want to have a home gym, so they need more space. They're looking at these luxury properties where they can co with their parents, have all of this space in their home. And the other thing is there is a huge movement from downtown Toronto, the Toronto Core, the condos, all the way up to the burbs. So people are going where they can get more land, more property, and be able to cash out their condos and put that money into
1: a home. And you can certainly see that everyone wants to make their home their sanctuary these days. And, you know, you can understand it. But do you see this trend to luxury or larger homes continuing?
2: I do. There's a huge shift in the mix. So if you look at the numbers, if you look at the amount of condo sales that took place over the last five years, six years, and how that affected the detached market, and now you go back to, you know, March 2020, and, and you see that shift where... People started buying larger homes again. The detached homes, the the luxury sector started to take off. That was because of the shift in the mix. And that's going to continue. There's always going to be a market for condos. So don't get me wrong. It's not that condos are yesterday's news there's always going to be a market for condos because that'll, that's a great opportunity for starter homes. And it's a great opportunity for investors that, or if you want to start investing in condos, that's where you can start. Uh, you know you can rent out your condos. You're not getting as much rent as you did last year or the year before, but you're able to cover expenses. And there's the, the shift is going to continue because people will still work from home. There's going to be a lot of companies coming out of COVID that just say, hey, we did great with everyone working from home. We don't have to have large office space anymore. Everyone work from home. Continue to work from home. And you're going to start to see that with schools, especially universities, uh, you know, people that are attending out of town. They're all working from home right now as well. So they're attending online classes from home. That will continue for a while until the vaccines come out. And, you know, there's some stability in in the, um, the with the COVID-19 outbreaks and things like that. And you're going to start to see people continue to drive out of town, into the suburbs, and be able to purchase larger homes on larger lots so that they can enjoy some family time because they're not traveling.
1: So do you think this can be sustained, this move to the larger, sometimes more expensive home? What if interest rates are on the rise? How do we plan or budget to cover all the expenses that go along with a large luxury home?
2: The other thing you have to remember when you're looking at interest rates and people qualifying for you know higher ticket properties, the banks are still qualifying you at a higher rate. So the banks have taken into account that these rates you can still afford this property even if the rate climbs a bit. The best thing to do and, and one of our mortgage partners was, uh, telling us about this is look at what the bank is lending money at on their ten year term and if you look at what the bank is lending money at on their ten year terms they 're still hovering around three percent just under three percent. So they know that you know that over the next ten years rates are not going to be astronomical, and that you know obviously there 's a little bit of speculation there, but at the same time they feel comfortable enough that they could lend money right now for you know, just under 3%. And if you have an opportunity to lock in for 10 years for just under that, you should do that definitely if you're purchasing a luxury home. So I guess that stress test
1: is a good thing?
2: It sure is because it gives you peace of mind that even if the rates do rise, you're qualified, you have enough income. And you know this is obviously taking into account that you will have a job moving forward. I mean, if something happens, there needs to be a catalyst to really crash the market, and huge job losses would be something that would crash the market. But if you look at what's happened and where we were in March and where we are right now in terms of unemployment, we're pretty much back to where we were before COVID started. Uh, You know, people, uh, you know, Doug Ford was saying the other day that, there's more manufacturing jobs now than there were pre-COVID, and the economy seems to be pretty strong. The other sectors are going to start to rebound as we start to open up more places, as we start to move into, you know, the uh, the orange zone or the yellow zone in York region, because right now we're in red control, but it's going to, you're going to start to see more consumer confidence hit the market, and that's going to drive the economy, and that's going to Help fuel all the other sectors.
1: After the break, have you heard about a reverse mortgage? We'll explain how it works. This is On the Market on 1059 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him 416 985 Khan. That's 416 985 5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now back to On the Market on 1059 The Region.
1: You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties, and he has today's guest. Thank
2: you, Tina. Joining us today is Paul Von Martels, vice president of the Prime and Reverse Mortgage Credit at Equitable Bank. Paul, welcome to our show. Uh, Thank you very much, and good morning, uh, Asif and Tina. Good morning, Paul. For our listeners, how about we start by explaining what a reverse mortgage is and what's different about the flex mortgage? Certainly.
3: Reverse mortgages uh, are really a a product, a mortgage product that's been designed specifically with the needs of retirees in mind. And what they do is, uh, as the name sort of implies, they work a little bit backwards from what we're used to with a traditional mortgage. And that is that we get money out as opposed to putting money in. And so what we can do, depending on the age of the applicant, clients can access a certain percentage of their home equity through this product. And what's very important to understand is that payments are not mandatory or required with a reverse mortgage. Whereas, of course, with a forward mortgage or an amortizing mortgage, they are. If clients want to make payments, or choose to pay down principal or interest. That's totally an option or a possibility, but there are no required payments. And what's different with the flex product, uh, reverse mortgage versus reverse mortgage flex from Equitable Bank, is that the flex product allows clients to access a bit more, a higher loan-to-value, as we say.
1: So tell us, who specifically would benefit from a reverse mortgage, and how do you qualify?
3: Sure. Um, So... Who actually? But I'll answer the first question, Tina. Or the first part of that around sort of who typically uses a reverse mortgage.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, look, just like you know who uses a credit card, who uses a mortgage. I would say it's a very broad cross section of the Canadian retired demographic. Some people are using a reverse mortgage to pay out an existing mortgage, right? So. Um, you know, a, a traditional mortgage that maybe they had taken out um, a bit later in their career, they're still having to make those payments, and it's really robbing them, if you will, of their, of their monthly cash flow. So they take a reverse mortgage and pay out the existing. That's a very common scenario. Uh, the other common scenario that we see are people um, setting up a reverse mortgage to get a regular stream of income, and, and that's a bit less traditional or at least different from what a lot of people think about a reverse mortgage as. So what they would do is, um, you know, they would set it up. So, for example, maybe they access or set it up so that they get $1,000 a month or $2,000 a month. And uh, in this situation where they say, you know what, something's just happened in my life. I need another, you know, $50,000. They call up Equitable Bank, and and of course we can sort of advance those funds and not disturb the stream of income they've also been generating. That is typically how it's how it's being used. That is um, so the reverse mortgage. The minimum age uh, to be eligible for is 55 years old. The average age of our clientele tends to be a bit over tends to be over the age of 70, but that's not to suggest that the product doesn't work also for those, say, between 55 and 70. Um, so, number one, age is an important part of qualification. Number two is that the client has to own their own home, own the property, and that the reverse mortgage proceeds must be equal to or greater than uh, any existing debts that are on secured against that property. So, a simple example would be uh, a client, for example, who owns, I don't know, a $500,000 home in Toronto, Maybe they qualify for 40%, which is $200,000. But if they have a $250,000 mortgage outstanding on the property, if they don't have other savings that they can put towards it, uh, the reverse mortgage wouldn't work, right? Because we need to be able to pay out any other debt secured. Um, There are no um, other real strict uh, adjudication standards. We do review... um, you know, income to or, or you know, I'll call it income to ensure that the borrower does have capacity to, uh, you know, pay basic property expenses and things like that. But, you know, really it's about age and the amount that the client can access via the reverse mortgage. Those are the primary components to eligibility.
2: So I have a two-parter as well. This would be a great product for... People that uh, run to the bank of mom and dad for a down payment to purchase their first home or, or to, for a move up home, they would actually, the, the parents would actually be able to use this product and be able to give some money back to their children in order for them to buy a house. Is there any interest payments or taxes that would be assessed on this program? No. Great, great question, Asif. And, and you know,
3: that is another very common use case of this product. So, firstly, accessing proceeds of home equity are, is tax-free. Um, so, there are no taxable implications, uh, at least, you know, in the typical use of things. Um, and it is very common for, for clients to the accessing a portion of the proceeds, you know, typically not it's 100%, but a portion of the, of the proceeds from a reverse mortgage are often used to help family and, and uh, children. You know, whether that's in the form of a, you know, a down payment or, or debt relief, um, yes, a very common, common scenario. And I think as it's just along that line, what we also see is, Uh, people using reverse mortgages to purchase a property. And that's also a bit counterintuitive. Um, And basically what it means is clients can use the reverse mortgage on the day that the the property is closing. So, for example, you're purchasing a a $400,000, you know, more retirement-appropriate property. Instead of having to come up with all $400,000, um, maybe you know the client has to come up with 250 thousand plus. They can use the reverse mortgage to access the other 250. And more and more, as we see people downsizing into, you know, retirement appropriate properties, the product's also
1: being used for that. And Paul, can I ask you? Do you think there is sort of a general apprehension around reverse mortgages? There certainly is, um, and I think. Of course, I, I come from a bit of a biased
3: perspective, but I, I think unjustly so, Tina. The reality is that that uh, you know, in an ideal situation, of course, everyone has you know piles of cash and savings that they can use to uh, you know call it retire with. But you know, increasingly, that's not necessarily the reality of of retirement today, and so. Um, I think a lot of people have had concerns over stories or have read about stories that happened in the U.S. Um, However, I think it's important for Canadians to understand that uh, Canadian bank legislation, which, of course, governs Equitable Bank, for example, uh, requires very different management and treatment of the reverse mortgage product. Uh, One of the very important components to understand is this concept of no negative equity guarantee. Now, what the heck does that mean? Well, that means that the client can never owe to the bank more than the value of the then current property. So, imagine a situation, and I'm gonna paint kind of an ugly picture, but just to understand, um, imagine a situation where today we, we issue a loan, $500,000 on a million dollar property and the client keeps that, pro- that mortgage outstanding for 10 years, and now the mortgage balance is, I don't know, $700,000. But unfortunately, the value of that property has fallen to, I don't know, $600,000. So now you have a situation where the mortgage balance exceeds the property value. That delta, the difference between the 700 and the 600, that is on equitable bank. We have zero recourse to the client. Uh, That means that when the property sells, Equitable Bank gets the $600,000, and, uh, you know, the client doesn't owe any more. And I think that in particular uh, was a concern that's happened in other markets that is managed very different here in Canada.
2: Paul, why would someone choose a reverse mortgage over a home equity line of credit? Home equity line of credit...
3: um, certainly on the face rate is lower cost, uh, you know, lower interest and understandably a bit more flexible. Um, The issue is, number one, qualifications. So for clients uh, who are in their retirement years, um, they may not have the income to support the, uh, you know, gross debt servicing or the affordability ratios that get tested. So let's just say first and foremost, a lot of people unfortunately don't qualify for a reverse or for a HELOC, a home equity line of credit later in life. And the second important piece is it's a product that is technically designed for people who, who have a very sufficient income stream. And, and, um, and, and the and, that means that the banks uh, or the lenders can call those mortgages at any time, right? So if there's a large outstanding balance, uh, the client could call you up and say, you know, or the bank could call you up and say, uh, you know, we need, a pay, we need payment immediately or we will uh, proceed with, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, default scenario. And so that's a scary situation with a reverse mortgage, on the other hand, Um, we can't do that, right? The mortgage is outstanding. You make payments or you don't. That's up to the client. Um, provided that the client maintains the property, um, you know, continues to pay property insurance, property taxes. There, there are very few other obligations that the client needs to make. So there's a lot of, there's a lot more borrower protection in the form of a reverse mortgage versus a HELOC.
2: Great information, Paul. Our listeners are going to have many more questions. Where can <laughs> they go to to get that information and also to contact you?
3: Two important places to, to consider. The first is um, Equitable Bank's website. That is um, www.equitablebank.ca. And within the Equitable Bank website, of course, there's a reverse mortgage section. Um, and uh, I strongly recommend that, your listeners do visit that website and do some research. Other important or valuable uh, channel to consider is that of a mortgage broker. And, you know, I think it's, the mortgage broker model is, you know, has been around for years, but really in the last 10, 15 years, has it really gained the traction that it has? In fact, something now like 35% of Canadian mortgages are originated or, or begun with a mortgage broker. You know, for many retired clients, uh, they're a bit more familiar with the bank branch, um, and bank branches tend not to offer reverse mortgages. So uh, a mortgage broker might be a wonderful resource, can give you objective information, can answer a lot of questions. Um, but again, if clients have an interest in just working directly with equitable banks, we're here, to help, we're here to help, and you can contact us through, um, through our website.
2: Awesome. Thanks so much, and we look forward to having you on again for an update on how reverse mortgages are affecting the market.
3: Absolutely, and thank you very much for having me, uh, Asa Fantina. I've really
1: enjoyed this morning's conversation. When we come back, this week's hot listing and your questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email Osif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region.
1: Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions, and the first one comes from Annie in Markham. She writes, we are planning to downsize, but how do we begin our search for a condo with at least two bedrooms and the amenities for those of us 60 plus? Asif, what do you think? Annie, great question, and your search starts right here. <laughs>
2: um, we uh, we can definitely help you with that if you're looking for at least two bedrooms. There's so many things to look at when you're looking at a condo because yes, there are amenities that you can look at. Some amenities will have an in, you know have you paying more for maintenance fees. Like if you have a pool within the building, you can pay a little bit more in maintenance fees. But it could be something that is a lifestyle choice. So. You know, you would want to do that. Depending on the amenities that you need, the area that you want to be in, and the size of the condo that you're looking at, most people that are downsizing from, you know, a 2,500 to 3,000 square foot home or 3,500 square foot home, they can't really move to a 700 or 800 square foot condo. It's just, it's a huge culture shock and you want to be in a space that's about a thousand twelve hundred square feet and that way you're going to be more comfortable you're going to have some areas for storage and have some separate living areas those are the discussions we would have and be able to point you in the right direction and take you out and show you different types of two-bedroom condos that are on the market right now and try to get a feel for where you're going to be comfortable
1: So, Annie, the the caller or listener here, is asking for a condo that has at least two bedrooms. Does that mean she is likely looking at an older building as well?
2: No, even some of the newer buildings, Tina, they do have two-bedroom and three-bedroom condos. It just depends on the space. A lot of these new condos, they're built really well. The the plans are laid out phenomenally, and, and you can get eight or nine hundred square foot condos that have three bedrooms or two bedrooms and a den. Some of the people that are downsizing from a larger home would want to be in an older building because now you're looking at condos that are 1,200 or 1,500 square feet. They're larger buildings. And we have a lot of these in York Region. This is the preferred first move when people are downsizing because it if you think about it, it's really hard to go from a 3,000 square foot home to a 750 square foot condo. But if you think about a 3,000 square foot home, each level is about 1,500 square feet. And if you think that, you know, if you were to move to a 1,200 square foot condo, it's like you're living on one floor of your home, which is a lot more doable.
1: Now, you don't like to call it downsizing, Right. Smart sizing. Smart sizing. Okay, we'll get that That's right the next time around. <laughs> Our next question is from Jason in Vaughn. He says, I had planned to sell my condo, but has the value dropped? Should I wait to sell? Jason, another great question. And
2: the values haven't dropped for condos. What has happened is people are not getting into bidding wars and trying to put um, you know thirty forty thousand above asking on these condos, so if you had a five hundred thousand dollar condo or six hundred thousand dollar condo in the downtown core, you could have had five six seven offers on this condo and sold your six hundred thousand dollar condo for six forty or six fifty but now what 's happened is you 're you're getting maybe one person bidding on this home, or two people bidding on this home, and your condo is now selling instead of uh, you know your 599 condo might sell for 590 or 595. So the value of your condo really hasn't changed in terms of what it's worth. What people are paying for it on the market has changed. You're not going to get uh, you know asking on these. You're going to get what the true value is. People are very savvy. They know what the market value is. They're doing their homework, and they're not going to overpay for – there's a flood of inventory for the condo market right now as well, so they have their choice. It's more more so a buyer's market for condos, although it's still technically a seller's market. There's not a lot of inventory. But in terms of how the inventory levels have changed, it is more – Uh, you know, more suited for a buyer's market. And that's what you're hearing. And that's only in the downtown Toronto core. If you have a condo that's, uh, you know, north of uh, the 905 borders, you're still seeing a lot of gains. You're still getting multiple offers on these condos as long as you're priced right. And the value certainly hasn't dropped.
1: Okay, just before we go, we have just enough time for this week's hot listing. Asif, what do you have for us?
2: Well, actually, Tina, you know what? We have a condo in the downtown Toronto core, and usually we don't go to the 416. But when we're talking about investment condos and deals out there, there is a condo in the Young Church Corridor. This is right at Young and King, and it is a one-bedroom, one-bathroom condo, and it is listed for $568,000 dollars. What a great location for an investor. This is perfect. You've got the financial district right there. You've got companies that may rent this from you. But it's right in the heart of the city and at under $600,000 for a condo here at 22-liter lane you would not have been able to get this for under $600,000 last year, and you may not be able to get this under $600,000 as we move forward. So this is a great opportunity for an investor or from someone who wants to live, work, and play right downtown. Fabulous deal.
1: Where can listeners get more information about this condo? For this condo, they can contact Marius Mitrofan at 905 554 5522. And Asif, if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that?
2: You know, they can always reach me at
1: 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. That's our show. If you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening.